having all of a sudden a really, really dry mouth. <clears throat> Excuse me if I keep sipping at the water. And I probably should have brought glasses or printed a lot bigger. Actually, the printer was giving me a really tough time, so I wouldn't have asked any more of it. Anyways, thank you for share, letting me share this morning. My name is Tori Jones. Uh, the who's Tori question, that's anybody who found out that my baptism was today and wondered who I was. It's me. Hi, Victoria. Um, I grew up and lived my first 50-plus years in Burlington, and I moved three years ago with my husband and our then six-year-old granddaughter, Lexi. We were very active in our church in Burlington, and so I started my search for a faith community in my new town. And Kingsway was suggested to me as a church that I would feel comfortable in because your style of worship and uh, and the spirit that fills this room would be very familiar to me, uh, similar to my church in Burlington, Wellington Square. Uh, my back background is with United Church of Canada. Our congregation in Burlington was a bit of an anomaly in the broader United Church. We were a, are, they still are, even though I'm not there. Uh, they still are a very Christ-focused and spirit-led ministry. I say all of that to explain that I'm in that category of already having been dunked. Um, as an infant in the United Church, my parents had me baptized. I'm very grateful they did that. Um, and I was good with that, but sitting just back there when Mark was giving his why baptism message, I felt a fire light in my belly that has not let up for a moment since. It isn't the first time I felt the need to deal honestly with the question that were asked, that I was asked, am I following Jesus' instructions and identifying myself with him? I've worked very hard to learn how God speaks to me and try to recognize when he is close. In Mark's message, I was reminded that I was asked a question years ago, are you following me? I knew that baptism in Christ and allowing my sins to die with him and be buried forever was one big way I could and should answer the question. But it already got done for me. So it was, it's confusing. Uh, I was worried that it would be disrespectful to my parents and my church heritage to ask for a selfish, emotional do-over in baptism. All those things kind of get said. What are you doing it for? Didn't you already get done? Um, and I think that it leaves out, I felt like it left out the question asked of me. Um, and so this is my response. Now, finally, 59 years later, <clears throat> I've been working very hard to learn how God speaks to me and recognize when he's close. And so almost 30 years, God has been waiting patiently for me to answer. Not waiting passively at all, but as a trusted friend, guide, and father waits. I know that I love the Lord. And without question, I trust the Lord in his judgment, wisdom, and mercy. But am I following? How do I know who e that he even knows who I am in this world? I can't ask a question if I don't know the person knows me. Otherwise, it feels pretty general. And weren't the actions of my parents on my behalf enough? They answered for me, right? I had great earthly parents. And they were very sure-handed in their way of parenting. They were Irish so they were hilarious. Irish people are pretty funny. Um, my dad, uh, both of them grew up in, in, the United, in the Methodist church in Northern Ireland in Belfast. And my dad's response, whenever I'd ask him about church and about God, 
um, he would always say to me, if he's not listening to me when I'm speaking to him, wherever I might be, he's not worth talking to. And that was with the firm belief that God was listening to him always, always, sometimes uncomfortably so. During my early 20s, I married and got divorced young. I found out that I had the capacity to cause pain. We feel a little bit better about ourselves when we're the ones who absorb the pain rather than inflicting to someone I cared about. And that left me feeling unworthy of God's attention, never mind his forgiveness. I started attending church regularly and was really embraced by a wonderful community of Christ followers. They reassured me always that forgiveness was mine. But they didn't know what I did. They didn't know I let go of somebody and, and, uh, and gave up on them. In the crowd of a large congregation, I could remain somewhat anonymous, and my sins were the sins of many. We celebrated and worshipped together, and I could easily feel like all of our sins kind of got lumped together in a mass. It wasn't very personal, even though I spoke to God privately and delivered him my private fears and my prayers and my celebrations. I did live differently. I served in every capacity I could. Luckily for everyone, nobody asked me to sing. Can't carry a tune in a bag. Um, I felt God working in me and changing me, and I felt a peace often when it was unexplainable in very difficult moments. Uh, lots of stories there, but none of them necessary now. Uh, my dad died in uh, 1994, and it was devastating. He was big and loud and Irish, and he filled the family with humor, opinions, and big, big love. The day my dad died, I continued this long conversation with him in my mind, wanting comfort as I clung to the idea that I could keep him close if I kept talking to him. I shared how sad I was that I couldn't feel his hand on me anymore. I kept talking through the night and thanking God for receiving my dad and loving him so fully and now eternally. I remember thinking, how dare I ask to have him back? My dad was able to see the face of his Savior. Why would I ever want to make him come back? I didn't keep my dad in the dark about my mistakes with my first marriage. He knew I wasn't perfect. But the morning after his death, when I was going to step in the shower, I stopped cold. I couldn't keep talking to my dad and keeping him close. I was naked and about to step in the shower. That seemed very wrong. And I actually said out loud, I don't want my dad to see me naked. <laughs> crazy thoughts. I got into the shower and burst out laughing and then crying. How ludicrous a thing to say, I don't want my father to see me naked. Laid bare with nothing hidden. I realized then my father in heaven had always seen me laid bare and naked. The awareness of God in that shower that morning was so powerful, so frighteningly powerful. I could never forget that he knew me. Right then, he knew where I was, exactly who I was. Right then. Yikes. I, I remember just thinking, he knows me. Crap and all. I felt like the world was very small, and this was the Lord of all talking to only me. Not, on, not in a sermon to the whole congregation. Not on the Mount of Olives, speaking to thousands who gathered. It changes everything forever to know that you are known by the creator of all. That Christ's birth, life, and crucifixion were for you, not for the masses of you. It would be there even if it was just you.
On a few occasions, I've been present for adult baptisms, and I've felt that rise in my chest and a longing to answer a question that's been asked of me. And again, I sat there and listened to Mark's message, and that jump in my chest started, and I was looking for a hose. I I, got to do this. I don't got to do this in that I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm lacking something if I don't. I know that I'm loved fully. But I knew I needed to answer the question, and that was the way I could answer it. It it really did change everything when I reflected on all that Jesus did. And if I keep in the front of my thoughts that he did it for me, it can be easy to be hidden in the crowd of followers as we listen with awe to the Sermon on the Mount or watch Jesus stumbling through the streets to Golgotha. We cry as a community as he's tortured And we're horrified as mere selfish, fearful humans as he's crucified. We wonder who we are in that crowd. And in some sermons, some messages, Good Friday, we're asked, who are we in that crowd? Are we wiping a tear? Are we scared to death and hiding somewhere? Uh, We don't know. We're asked that question. And then we gather, we just oh, we disperse back into our own lives for three dark days, and then we celebrate Easter morning with what the resurrection has meant for the world and will always mean for the world. We aren't asked as a big crowd or even as a church how we will respond. We are asked one heart at a time. I don't feel as though I must redo my baptism. I am fully aware that nothing I have done or yet to do will separate me from the love of God. But respectfully and humbly, I, a- I answer the question. I seek baptism today in the response to his question, and yes, I will follow. Thank you. Thank you. 